Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard. And I'm Aislinn Campbell. And this intro is going to be a little longer than normal because we want to talk to you about how this episode has evolved since we recorded it. When did we record this? A few days ago. Tuesday, Wednesday. As you can imagine, a lot of dinner table talks that we're having, talks around the table, have to do with what everyone's talking about right now, the coronavirus. Our table is consumed by the coronavirus. And when we recorded this episode three or four days ago, we devoted about 30 minutes in the middle of it to what we knew and thought about the coronavirus back then. At that time. And then you had... Which made sense at the time because, as we said, it's been at the dinner table. That's right. And then I think the next day, after some different news comes out, because this story is evolving every day very rapidly, it was like, you know, everything we said is kind of not even... Mm -hmm. applicable any longer each day that has gone by it's even less applicable and then you had a bright idea well i just thought what we would do would be to say this is what's going on this is what we have devoted ourselves to as it relates to it and then move on because we're here more than anything else for entertainment the name of the podcast is dinner table talks not coronavirus talk right and you know Yes, of course, we're going to talk about coronavirus at the dinner table, but I know that you, the listener, need a break as well. And I know that part of what we do is, yeah, give you some facts, but also give you a break. So what we have done is taken out that entire chunk of coronavirus talk because it's not even prescient. It's not even right anymore. Mm -hmm. Devote maybe a minute or two of it here at the top, and then you're going to hear a dinner table talk that is just about our dinner table talks. Well, I would say that Friday, everything culminated to roll us all into the weekend, meaning that all the kids that had been on a traditional spring break or had just had a traditional week came home, Mm -hmm. and that's the day that all of the... um, School closures. Yeah, school closures were happening, all of the state of emergency, national emergency, all that stuff happened, and it rolled us into in all honesty, a quiet weekend where we could decide as a family how best to deal with this situation. And we are flatten the curve, folks. Yes. I woke up one morning, had seen a little bit of that wording and thought, let's use the hashtag. Let's start using this hashtag. It keeps us from arguing about what who's right and who's wrong and it just says we believe that this is an important part of the process and if you look up this hashtag you will get the information that you need to research yourself to decide how you want to handle this so on sunday march 15th we are flattening the curve by staying home you're doing uh, a little bit more gardening than maybe normal Yeah, I began to recognize that all of the things that I had in the back of my mind as it related to Grow Local South Texas, the downtown farmer's market, growing in my backyard, a family farm, uh, chickens in my backyard, all of the things where those really initially culminated from were about living that lifestyle, knowing that there's always a chance that there's going to be a need for a real need for clean food. Uh, One of the sayings that I've been telling a lot of people is that the best day to plant a garden was yesterday. The second best day to plant a garden is today. And so really pushing as much educational information out as I can regarding planting and getting ready for that. 
And as politicians on both sides of the aisle are beginning to, or have already become to understand the gravity of what could potentially be coming based upon looking at models from countries where it has already occurred, I think that the decision for us to be out and about in public is is not going to be around much longer. Sure. And for me, you know, when the, the thing first began in my mind, it had to do more with truly the economics and the martial law and all the things that would come along with that. Correct. And so how do I process, how do we all process that? And that's a part of us with this podcast saying, you know what, they're getting it from everywhere. And the best thing we can do is continue to make people laugh, talk about good food, the gardening that we do, and focus on keeping our house and our family as healthy as possible for as long as possible. And the economy that is affected by this, which is, you know, kind of what you were somewhat alluding to a minute ago, the economy that is connected with this is going to have to pan out one way or the other on the other side of it. But we have to, we have to do everything we can to protect as many people as we can by staying out of the way. I want to get directly into the show, but let's talk about community for just like a couple of seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. Because in this, you are taking care of yourself, we hope, we trust, we, we love every single one of you and hope that you are. But at the same time, there are other folks out there that can't quite take care of themselves maybe as easily as you can. So remember always, this is also an opportunity in many ways for us to strengthen our community. One of my favorite leaders, Brene Brown, put out a post that was essentially like, we have to understand how to be individuals that are connected to the whole at the same time. And that's, you know, a part of that as well. We are all in this together. And then for me, I've created a mantra that is truly helping me out. And I hope that will help others out. And that is, I am not in control of the collective. I am only in control of me. And what I do as an individual affects the collective, especially when we're talking about global issues. And one last thing, if you are having a level of awareness about the uh, coronavirus and someone on social media does not, do not argue with them at this point. Everyone's processing this a very, very emotional, anxiety-driven group of facts in their own way. Yes. And and just because you know more than someone else, if you even do, don't right. beat people over the head and shoulders. All right, right. let's get into it. Well, hello. Welcome to another week of Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard. And I'm Aislinn Campbell. And welcome to our table where we discuss every week a little bit about what we eat and a little bit about what we talk about. I have a question for you. Yes? Was your day good, bad, <laughs> or great? Uh, it was a good day because Hunter's home from school uh-huh. and he came out to the office and worked with me all day long. Very nice. That's why it was a good day because of Hunter. That's right. Did you learn anything today? Nothing leaps to mind. You learn something every day, Joe. I know, but you're putting me on the spot. I did not know that you were (laughs) going to ask me these questions. So it's probably a little bit of that too. Of course I learned something, but uh, I can't remember what it is. What are you going to do tomorrow? I've got a noteworthy business appointment. Oh, yeah. I want to hear about that. I'll tell you off the mic. But before that, yes. I want to talk about those Bin Magazine nominations for Locals list. I think this is the last week that when this episode goes out, that you'll have an opportunity to vote on our nominations. Oh, that was fast. If you go over to our Facebook page, 
uh, our Instagram page. And we are asking you to vote in our local magazine's local list for the best podcast in the coastal bend of Texas. And there are like 30 different podcasts. I listened to most of them today. You did send me a whole bunch. I had already Mm -hmm. listened to a few. I didn't get very far. I mean, I listened to, well, maybe I did get very far very fast, but I didn't listen to very much. I sampled and then moved on to the next one. A lot of them are not like, don't have any, there's no longevity there. So I'm like, Eh, you don't really matter if you if you stop doing one it of in them 2018. Has, well, yeah, that too. So it's that calling out period. We're asking you to help us get into the top five of this contest. That's exactly right. And it's lots of fun and we love it. And uh, so we hope you'll get involved in that. Alrighty. Now it's time for one of our favorite times of the show. What is it? Unanswered questions. So... How about some interesting unanswered questions that our listeners with their comments on Facebook and messages to us and stuff like that? Those are some unanswered questions. Or is that an unanswered question or is it they're helping us to answer our unanswered questions? I've given this some thought and I think that unanswered questions has evolved into a peek back, loose ends, anytime we reference an older episode. Unanswered question is loose ends. That's right. Got it. Okay, so you got a few loose ends here. What do you always tell me to do when I've got a question? Like we were talking about veal a couple weeks ago. Yes. What do I always tell you? You should ask a farmer. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and I did, I I think I said that, ask a farmer, which is funny because we were talking about asking a dairy farmer. If you do like our Facebook page, you know that we break down the episodes and deliver little follow-ups on any topic that we talk about. So the loose end here, I think, is that two episodes ago, your daughter's friend showed up and one of them said that she had an aversion to farm life milk. Last episode, we went into more depth on that because you and I didn't know as much about it as maybe we should. I have an unanswered question. Oh? About this subject. What is it? Is it farm life or fair life? Is it fair life? Well, the girls said farm life. Half the time we said farm life, life in last episode. And then half the time we said fair life. It's fair life, Lily says from the, the background. I think every time it was been correctly said, it was fair life by me. Anyway, <laughs> we posted about that. And a farmer friend of ours commented on it. Yes. Cannoli Farms. He's a dairy farmer. You had dairy farms all over the country before conglomeration of farming. Well, he weighs in on that Fairlife milk controversy. He does. This was a big one that has had a lot of visibility in the industry. Really, a lot of things that happened in this case forced all operators to review their best management practices. For any sized operator, the employees are the front line for animal welfare and care. Labor for the industrial-sized herds, which he explains is about 5,000 or more, is in short supply, the labor. That makes sense. The labor for the farms is in short supply. People don't want to work that hard anymore. The balance between economies of scale and animal care can be difficult to maintain. I know we had a lot of questions about how we operate after that story broke. This is the part I loved. It was really reassuring that some of our youth is recognizing the value on how agricultural goods are produced and that they remember that with their purchasing decisions. Very well said, Joe Canole Jr. Thank you for commenting. Straight from the farmer's mouth. 
One of these came in a group chat with a friend of ours who wanted to talk about the arugula salad. And she said, toss with only lemon, use good olive oil, good flaky salt, shave thin slices of good Parmesan cheese on top. Got a great salad. There you go. A salad. Just lemon and oil. But then she also suggests, which I have seen before on really good, delicious pizza menus, is putting your arugula on top of a pizza. Basically, she said, do the same thing, but instead of using the Parmesan, you use a your homemade pizza crust and you use a white pizza sauce, which is olive oil, garlic, and Parmesan. So it's an arugula cheese pizza, which I could totally see, although I can't eat the... You know, though, I have so many people that suggest to me this cauliflower crusts that we should at least give it a try. The store-bought ones? Yeah. You don't have a problem with store-bought pizza crust? Oh, God, no. We ate store-bought pizza crust before the, before oh, the yeah, grain-free right. thing happened. Okay, yeah. Pick those up. Let's give it a try. I totally look, well, I miss we, pizza well, around here. Arugula is going to be done very soon because things are flowering right. and have flowered. So we could totally make some. Great picture of you with your arugula on Facebook, by the way. Okay, so then there was one more comment, um, and this came from listener Lori. As she's talking about your uh, cauliflower, she's responding to your post about cauliflower rice. Right. Right, so you use cauliflower rice. We've got a ton of cauliflower right now because it's available. We're getting to the end of that season, by the way. You won't see it much more at the farmer's market. I'm almost down to, I probably have cut my last head. I may get one more, but it'll be teeny tiny. But um, cauliflower rice will be in our thing even after cauliflower season goes away. Yes. Because we like Asian food, and that's your rice. Sure, yes. But you'll see, I mean, you will see shifts in the vegetables that we eat because of what's available. Okay, but anytime you say very spontaneously, I want you to make korma tonight, yes. co coming soon on Dinner Table Talks. <laughs> Some um, kind of Indian food, please. Yeah, I'm going to make rice. Yeah. Now that you provide four or five beautiful heads of different colored cauliflower from both the farmer's market and your own backyard. Yes makes it a lot more fun so she her suggestion related to cauliflower rice is put the chunks of cauliflower into your vitamix gotta have a vitamix in my opinion uh it's an essential kitchen tool it's pretty essential i mean i will tell you that when i had no money at all i had a vitamix <laughs> because that's how important a vitamix it lived is. in the trunk of your car <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, put it in your Vitamix, cover with water, pulse it a couple of times, strain off the water, done. She does a head of cauliflower at a time, so it's super easy for her. So she can, like, get ready for the work week. Right. And if you haven't made cauliflower rice yet, the post she's referring to was me posting on Facebook. You need to put this in your life. Mm-hmm. I use the food processor with the grating blade. Before that, I was using a box grater at the highest hole size. But now you have a fancy choppy choppy thing. That's the food processor? The food processor. That's the but thing it has my a, mom brought over? Yeah, it's got a rotating disc with a grater on it. So it's just speed. Oh. It's just speed grating. The processor has a grater? Yeah. Oh, that's it's, freaking it's awesome. It's not the pulse. It's not the blade, spinning blade. This last time you made it with the korma and you got it like real, mm -hmm. like roasty and... Future episode, my love. Unless you just want to throw that script on the floor. <laughs> it's fine with me. Here we go. <laughs> Corma was good. Sneak preview. We talked about water running into our bay last time. <laughs> oh, right. I know what your question is. Ho, ho, ho. 
So did you fix the toilet? I or fixed, tell everyone whether you fixed the toilet or not. Of course I fixed the toilet because you publicly shamed me I into, think into more doing than once. On more than one episode, maybe. And then, as I said in last week's episode, it took me about nine minutes. <laughs> and then I was going to do a whole unanswered question yeah. about how much water is wasted in mm-hmm. a leaky toilet. And, did and, you look? And what does that translate into dollars uh-huh. on the water bill? Yeah. I didn't want to read the numbers out loud. I'm just glad <sighs> I fixed the thing. See? Yeah. See? <laughs> well, you publicly shame me. This could be our relationship where anything you really want done. Because you know, you know in my life there's, well, there's a list. if you could, please. Okay, I got it. Oh, and this is good. This is good. I'm, I was talking. I'm practically married to a guy that builds fences. That's true. And I have the hardest time getting trellis help at my house if and my garden. Look at... I have a beautiful volunteer tomato that needs a trellis around it. It just needs <laughs> one pole. Could you bring that home? He You've al- reminded he, yourself 12 times. He also cooks every meal. <laughs> he oh, also I grow those records vegetables. a podcast with you. You it, do edit it as you well. You water for 30 minutes and you walk away for 12 hours. <laughs> That's not That's true. what gardening is. That is not true. You do not see all the work. Your I weeded mother, today. Your mother... How many stories in our life begin with that? Your mother, dot, 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 invited us out to a fish fry. She did. She, she invited us out on a Friday. They invited us out for a crawfish boil. Yes, they do. They invited us out for Christmas Listen, dinner. Them some, gra- some good grandparents. Your parents are characters on this show because it's discussing it week to week. And so is that the we, farm. That we can learn how often we share great meals with them. Like I said, my parents have become great grandparents in that they're like, I know how I can get you to come out here. Cook good food yeah. and call you to the table and be flexible. Like, hey, come on Friday. And then I'm like, nope, I'm not coming on Friday. But I'll be there on Sunday. Okay, we're going to go eat the most delicious sushi in town. We'll, we'll cook that fish fry on. <laughs> when you're coming out. Yeah. When you were um, growing up, was a fish fry a constant in your life? Yes. Crawfish bowl was not a constant, but a fish fry was. But my parents didn't do it. My grandparents did it. It's definitely different with my parents and me and the way we were raised and the way I was raised and the way that I eat because my grandparents were shoestring french fries and a big frying, you know, and then a real basic well, like one uh, thing... what do you call those big heads of lettuce that everybody used to eat? Iceberg, iceberg lettuce. Iceberg lettuce. Some iceberg lettuce with some good tomatoes. My grandmother either knew knows a friend that grew it in her garden or grew it in her garden. But yeah, we ate that quite a bit. And I didn't eat fried fish when I was a kid. That's not from a Gordon's box. Yeah, I don't even know. It's weird. And, and the it... other thing that contributes, your brother lives on a neighboring home there on the property. Yes. And he is one of the biggest fishermen I've ever met. He has been He's literally in a steady stream fishing of fish. his entire life. Every day of his life that he was old enough to stand up and hold a fishing rod... He has been standing up and holding a fishing rod all the days I've So two or three times a year, we'll get a text like that. Hey, yep. we're going to fry some fish. Yep. In, yep. A, in a big way. Exactly. Your brother has caught them. Yeah. Do and my know, dad is... Do you know what we were eating? No clue. I didn't even ask. Didn't ask. It was so good, though. My mom goes, do you eat cornmeal? And it was you know already done. And I was like, yep, I do tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. And uh, she's like, the only other thing I made was just the hush puppies that I know you want to eat anyway. So... That'll have to be an unanswered question, by the way. What kind of fish was being fried that night? My, my mom will be listening. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get an answer. And the fried fish, they, they do do it with, they do do it 
You said doo-doo. Doo-doo. <laughs> All right. They do make fried fish with cornmeal. I do actually like that. Um, I, would, I couldn't have imagined it. Although you do some really good stuff with the arrowroot frying you've been doing. But it's not the same as cornmeal batter on your on your fish fry. Oh, you use cornmeal for specific kinds of things. Real crispy and delicious. Yeah. And, and then my mom fried made a okra homemade... is cornmeal based. Mm-hmm. Arrowroot for you. Yeah. My mom made a homemade tartar sauce with dill and mayonnaise, basically. Then there was potato salad and eggs. Deviled eggs. Deviled eggs, exactly. Oh, and beans, right? There were yes, beans? There yeah. were beans. Like charo beans. She said, this is one of my <laughs> 72 recipes that I have for beans, pinto yeah, beans, yeah. in the Instant Pot. And she's like, make it with the Instant Pot. Make your beans. She's just trying to convince us. She she's the one that has gotten you into the instant pot. She bought me my first instant pot. Did she buy you? No, it or you bought I me bought, my first no, I instant bought it pot. For you. And she bought me my second instant pot. And the deal is, like, she's like, cook your potatoes this way. They're so easy. Yep. Cook your beans this way. Yep. It's so much easier. I imagine that I will introduce some of those into my life, but I'm not ready to not be learning how to cook to do it. You follow me? Yeah. The act of preparing food for consumption is cooking the food. Especially mm-hmm. when heat is applied. When I did those that first batch of pinto beans, I can't remember what episode that was in. I your mom was my prime resource because she has slow cooked beans. Now once you get slow cooked beans done, then you graduate to the hyper way to do it because that's probably going to take a little bit more management of your ingredients and spices and that kind of thing. You know what you're going to have to do based on when we roll into this next conversation. What. You're going to need to learn how to cook. Use your cast iron to cook on the fire a little bit. Oh, your cast iron is really versatile on a campfire. But you don't know how to build a fire and cook on it. Oh, you don't know that? Show me. Prove it. Right now? No, not right this second, but soon. I can make a fire. And cook a nice dinner on it? Yeah, I I need a couple of tools. Let's do it, man. You were off with dirt and shovels. What's new? I know. <laughs> My dad has built me with a tractor a hugel culture bed. Oh, who's a what's a? Hugel culture. It's a German word, I think, or it's probably the first Danish time that word, you've maybe. uttered that word on the show. Hugel culture. Hugel culture. It's a pile of logs that you build that builds a raised bed. That's the short answer. Look it up. H u g e l k u l t u r. No, it's about a mound. It's about three foot tall, probably. Now, this will be the second season of it, which the first season of anything is always challenging. But at the farm, it's very challenging uh, because of the wind and because it freezes and because it gets extra hot. And your, because your folks don't live in the middle of a windmill farm for nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. It's windy out there. Right. Over the seasons, I've been planting out there regularly, trying to plant all the vining stuff. So all the melons, all the squash, all that stuff. And he's done some work on it, like he kind of pulled up the grass mode. We did it, maybe just we did it really good. But I'm digging around in there. Yeah, it had a scorpion in it right away. And I know that a section of the part that he pulled dirt from was a part of the yard that always had scorpions in it because it had an old barn that like disintegrated it for the top of it before we even moved on to so that land. So the scorpions land. got moved into your hugel culture, man? At least one of them did. That freak you out? Scorpions, uh, are, the, scorpions make you jump. That freaked me out more than the snake. No, I did jump with the snake. You were there. But that snake was tiny. It was so cute. But you did jump. I did jump. It scared me. Uh-huh. It definitely was a snake. There's a split second there where you don't know if it's like a... I would have jumped no matter what it was. And part of the reason is because I have gored 
things before. I have gored a toad before. and oh, I with a spade or whatever. Oh, my gosh. One time at the garden, out in the garden, and the garden is like a two-acre park, and so we're... One of us is on one part of the one of the acres, and one of us is on the other part of that acre. And all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh no! Oh, this is horrible! Oh, I don't know, Joel, Joel, Joel!" You were innocently uh, stabbing at the dirt with a spade, and you cut a frog in half. No, I didn't cut him in half. I stabbed him right down the side, and then I was like, "Oh, Joel, you have to help me! You have to help me! You have to take him and take him! I can't do it!" And so we literally pulled him off, and then he took him over to somewhere where even if he died, he would like at least like live it out a chill life. Hopefully, oh, I feel real bad for that little toad. The snake was there. It was not very big. He would, but he was serious. Like he was like up. I can do, I'm trying was, to demonstrate, and you can't 11, see me. 12 inches long, max, about the size of a big husky pencil. But he had stood up, stuck his head out like a snake, like uh-huh. like he was a predator, like the he was going to get me. Just Took a look at you and little it garden away. snake tried to go back in the exact same place, and I was like, "No, dummy, you're going to get hurt right there." No, that's out of the farm where yeah. you've got a lot more access to the creeper, Snakes the creepers, and, and the crawlies. But what, what, yes. what have you come across in our backyard? Anything? No, not really. I expect to see more toads. A lot of grubs. <laughs> uh, not as many. Not as many. With the chickens having access to things, they eat the grubs, man. If they find a grub, they eat them. And if I dig down and build a trench or whatever, then I pull the grubs out and throw them over to the chickens. But you know, I haven't found that much lizards. Lots and lots and lots of lizards. I haven't found a snake yet, although I know I'll see one at some point. Um, lots of spiders. I haven't seen a toad recently, but I know I've seen a toad over the time. And of course, in most urban areas, but certainly where we live, but even I mean way north, oh po- yeah, possums. Oh, we have those types. We have yeah. rats. I, I was just telling somebody the other day that it's about to be squirrel orgy season again. Squirrel orgy season. Oh my God, we have so many squirrels sometimes in our backyards. Well, I mean, that makes sense because during... there's trees and lush life. It's the orgy part that's throwing me. During squirrel mating season, which is coming right now, uh, <laughs> you'll start to see. <laughs> Idiot. You'll start to see like ten squirrels. Yeah. And I'm not home anymore like I used to be. That's the one thing is like my job used to be where my office was at the house and I had the windows and doors and I would come and go from the inside to the outside when I needed that break instead of just getting up to go BS with somebody around the water cooler. I would go to the backyard. Sure. Which, by the way, the coronavirus may get me back there, by the way. I come home every day for lunch now and just (laughs) hang out in the backyard. Thank you, coronavirus, for getting me out of working back in my home again. But they're chasing each other. They're jumping from limb to limb. They're falling and screaming and bam, woo, and ah, and ah. squirrel orgy in our backyard. squirrel orgy in our... I'm not kidding. I have a video of it from last year. You're sick. The possums, the rats that like to come in our house sometimes, too. The The little field mice. I mean, cats. Well, you're just describing like a, a Pixar movie. You know, the uh, <laughs> the fun critters that live in the backyard. A pair of woodpeckers. We have a pair of woodpeckers. Did you know that? No. A pair, a male and a female. I'm They're... dying to get the bird bath and the uh, bird seed out again, but you said I couldn't do it anymore because of all of your no, luscious all, vegetables. Especially not while I have all these tomatoes. They will eat my tomatoes. What about the side yard? No. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, but not yet. Speaking of the backyard, uh-huh. I harvested about six or seven pretty small eggplants. You did? 
Mm-hmm. And you were and... about to go on one of your food runs out, and you said, I got this much eggplant. Can you make baba ganoush with this? I did because we had gone on the food journey thing that you guys have heard of. We're eating euros we... all over eating town. Euros, and uh, we ate some delicious baba ganoush. It was amazing. It is the best baba ganoush I have had, certainly in Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. Middle Eastern market. Let's give them a shout out. Whoop, whoop. I want to go back to that someday and get that, get it again. But in the meantime, I'm growing eggplant, and you made me some baba ganoush. You did. And I was amazed at how the size of the eggplant does not determine the amount of baba ganoush that you think you're going to get at the end of the day. Well, what is baba ganoush and how do you make it? Well, here's how I made it. A lot of people grill it. They want it flamed. And Uh a lot of people will grill their eggplant on their gas stove. I did not do that. I uh, roasted it in the oven. Cut it in half, salt, oil, face down so it gets some char. Mm-hmm. It was about 425. These are small eggplants. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it usually says about 30 for an eggplant you might buy at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Set it at 20. 20 was a little too much for some of those smaller ones. But anyway, you take it over to your food processor and you scoop out the guts. Put that in there with your tahini, which is the only thing you might have to go buy for this. If What's you don't, tahini? It, it's sesame seed peanut butter. Ground sesame seed. Yeah, think of peanut butter, yeah. but it's sesame, sesame seeds. Sesame it has a very butter. high oil content because it separates. Mm-hmm. But, so does peanut butter, though, but you the wanna, real peanut butter. That's true. Not the crap you buy. That's true. The crap I buy is organic. Until I met you, and then you bought Peter Pan peanut butter until you somehow managed to convince your kids that they could eat other types of peanut butter. I, I don't appreciate the sneak attack. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about baba ganoush. You, you we also do not buy bad peanut to eat butter. Grape and strawberry uh, jam from the farmers market, but it's still grape and strawberry. <laughs> do you purposefully buy <laughs> your kids weird things to keep them from getting the things that they know that they like? Honey, I know you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for school, and uh, I know that your favorite jelly is either grape or peanut butter. But here's jalapeno. You, you already know the answer to that question. Yeah. First of all, I would never do jalapeno. I would do something that kids like. But yes. I replace the kids' things my kids like. Hey, with my things... daughter did approve a strawberry kiwi. It's all small steps, Aislinn. Leave me alone. <laughs> garlic. Really finely minced garlic. Who am I to judge parenting, fuck by the this, way? Fuck this. <laughs> Baba ganoush recipe. I'll post Go it online. It. Keep going. No, I'm done. Well, I can't just you keep just, saying. You, mm-hmm, ju- mm-hmm, you just mm-hmm, explicited mm-hmm. the episode. <laughs> all right. Let's do table topics. I'm asking you the question. Tell me what category you'd like, please. I like the marriage one, but not the bachelor party one. Okay. You meant love and happiness? Yeah, love and happiness. Okay. I'll try not to sing love and marriage every show because I hear it it makes me want to sing. Love and marriage. Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, no. Oh, I think we got 15 minutes ahead of us. Okay, ready? Let's make it fast. I want to take it fast, but I want to do it well. Okay. What pets would we like to own? You may want to tell them about our recent purchase. The first answer that I had, I would have already answered whether you had suggested what you had suggested, and that is chickens. We're always going to have chickens as pets. And that being said, it was time for us to order new baby chicks. Yep. I don't know how many chickens we're going to end up with, but we bought some new chicks and I'm real excited about that. I can't imagine a life when we don't have chickens. I agree. I think we've said that before. It's, ex- so. it's one of my catchphrases. Yeah. I'm making you bumper got, stickers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
My second answer is, of course, a very small poodle. This is the poodle that I understand that we'll own someday. Yes. Yeah. I don't really get a say in this one, do I? If I'm going to have a dog, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's it. Well, tell us about your dream poodle. Well, I already had my dream poodle. I had a three-legged male toy, my little poodle, my little toy poodle. and That's like your favorite kind of dog. Well, there, there's, there's some cool dogs out there that I would find interesting to bring into my life. But the small poodle, whether it's a miniature or toy or whatever... Whether I get it from the, a breeder or whether I get it as a, a foster like I did the first one, poodles are extremely smart dogs. They're very well behaved. And they're, my daughter's allergic and they're hypoallergenic. That. That's, yeah, so you sold me on pro- the idea. They're protective. Mm-hmm. We have flirted with getting a dog four or five times. I don't. And then but, we always talk ourselves out of it. And I was always like that before, too. Like, I already have enough things to take care of. And... I have a garden that I don't want stomped on, and I like to travel, you know, so it's got to be something that's going to be easy to take care of, could go with me wherever I go, will follow directions, you know, all that. But right now we got to get chickens, and so that's what we're doing So we've ordered those chickens. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that in the future. I have a third one. Mm -hmm. I would have no problem with us catching one of these feral cats spaying and neutering it and keeping them around the house we have a couple that are ours anyways they hang out here all the time a lot of cities will have a program just like that yeah, there, you there need are them. feral cats already you need a colony they contribute of cats to that ecosystem yes. we already talked about that's the thing that when like um people ask me about the chickens doesn't that bring a bunch of like possums and rats into your backyard and i'm like if you are in an urban area our size or larger and even smaller you already have possums and cats in your backyard. When you go inside and go to bed, there's a whole world out there that, yeah. you, that you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, and not only that, it's it's just Feral that cats. you're not paying any attention to what's going on in your neighborhood or your backyard. That's why you don't know they're there. Right. So fear. So you're talking about um, trapping. It's a program you can do here in town. If you bring in a feral cat, they will sterilize it for you mm-hmm. and then uh, mark it. And then you can take it back home. And yes. then what you try to do is train more or less the feral cat to understand that this is its house. Mm-hmm. It's roaming your yard and you will, you know, there's food for it, whatever it wants to come home. Correct. And then it kind of helps to keep some of the rodents that you don't want in your house out of your house. That sounds like a whole project. We probably should do it before we do the dog. Because I'm paranoid about a dog stepping on my garden. So, well, and like, you know, offense like Le- Levi only had three feet and he was really small. He only do 75% of the damage. <laughs> and he was so tiny that he hardly made a mark. He's so cute. I miss him. Okay. How about you? What do you want? I think that the best way to put it is, is that you have succinctly, well, forget the succinctly part, but you have <laughs> totally discussed all the conversations that we had had prior to this moment. So that is the agreement that we have come to. We will trap and release some feral cats and feed them, which makes them our pets, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we're on the lookout for a toy poodle that needs a home. That's correct. And we'll continue to raise beautiful, amazing, awesome backyard chickens. We already got four pets, these four kids that 